Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels for another year of video gaming goodness. My name is Patrick Beja, and in this show, we cover the news from the video games industry, and we talk about what it means. We try to uh, look ahead, especially in this beginning of the year, and look at the games that are coming, the big events that are happening, and uh, maybe a couple of uh, little tidbits as well that we found interesting. I'm very glad to be joined uh, for the first time for a non-Blizzard-only episode by Taliesin. How's it going? <laughs> Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here, Patrick. This is splendid. Oh, this is great. Just you and me, one-on-one. Last time I was on this show uh, with with Evertel, my beautiful wife, we were uh-huh. at BlizzCon, round the table, with like 100 microphones, we were, well, about three microphones, and we were all sharing them, 100 people, um, <laughs> talking exciting Blizzard news. Um, yeah, so this is, this is, and this time I'm in my own house in a comfy chair, I kind of prefer it, I'll be honest. Oh, like, well, I mean, yes, it is less sweaty, less plaguey from the convention. Oh, no, I'm very sweaty and... right now. No, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I wouldn't have let you down there. I did, I did some sit-ups, I did some push-ups, I ran around the room, um, and I'm just a generally sweaty person anyway, so... <laughs> well, I'm glad we're uh, doing this through uh, Discord then. That's, uh, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Uh, I'm going to call you Nick for this uh, episode. Do you mind? Yes, please do. No, that is my name. After oh, all, so oh that's, that's how lucky. Fair. That's amazing. If, you, if you're going to call me John or something, that would be weird. Mm, I'm not sure how to about that I that's just, a bit yeah. too american as well i mean <laughs> mm, uh, we're, we're, we try to stay away from those people no we don't we love them uh, so for for those who don't know very quickly um you actually uh, with your beautiful wife uh, run a lovely youtube channel about world of warcraft specifically and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about blizzard uh in the in the 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 episode but um yeah and and i love the channel and i'm very glad i was very glad to discover that you actually play other games as well so I do, I yeah. do. When I, I guess, well, the thing is, because I, because we, the, since the channel has kind of I, low key taken off, I guess, um, we play so much WoW, which is fantastic, um, but about twice as much as you would comfortably. So we, we play all the stuff. <laughs> I love how you're putting this. We can, we can yeah. feel you're a writer. Uh, very yeah. delicate. It's true because you know you, you do all the stuff for work. Um, and I think what a lot of people do, a lot of content creators who who, who focus on very specifically one game, um, they they get to a stage where they're just playing it for work. Um, but we're not at that stage. We play it for work and then we're done. But then we play it for fun as well. Mm. So my reward for, for finishing a video, um, which takes, you know, many, many man hours, um, once it's done, I sit down, I play some WoW. And I, I now <laughs> I'm online, I can, I can talk to friends on WoW and I can raid, I, I can do fun stuff. Um, but even then it gets a bit much sometimes and you have to have to just unwind with some uh, some some other games. And that that really informs recently the kind of games that I've been playing as well. 
um, which I guess we'll talk about. Yeah, we well, we're going to be talking about mainly about the games that none of us have been playing because they haven't come out yet. Um, so we're going to be going uh, through the games that are coming out in 2019, those that have been announced at least. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Epic. And I know I talk about Epic a lot, but um, I tried to look at the industry in this uh, show. And I really think that the success of Fortnite is kind of almost eclipsing the things that uh, Sweeney, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic, is doing behind the scenes or not so behind the scenes anymore um and and what he's pushing the industry for um we're going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about mobile as well at some point and then a, a few other important bits of news but as i said let's start with 2019 and the most anticipated game of this coming year um it's, it's kind of a, uh, this year especially, it's always the case, but the first, let's say, quarter or maybe four or five months have a lot of things that have been announced, and then it's kind of a giant pile of probably 2019 things. Some of them have actually been announced for 2019, um, but we don't have dates for them. So we're going to look at those two uh, kind of individually and uh, discuss which ones we're excited for and why. And let's start with January, which contains a game I'm really excited for, probably not the one that you're thinking about. Uh, on the 11th, which is tomorrow at the time we're recording, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is coming out on the Switch. Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown is coming out on the 18th. Uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake or remaster, uh, remake I guess, uh, is coming out on the 20, uh, 25th. And on the 29th, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is releasing as well. Patrick, just can I take a guess at which one you're really excited about? Because <laughs> uh, you've set a challenge there. What you've done is yeah, you said you'll, yeah, never exactly. you'll never guess which one I'm excited for. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to nail you'd... my colours to the mast. Mm. I want to say Kingdom Hearts three, but I, I don't think I don't think you're that kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm making you've... some judgments on you here. You um, fell online. into my trap. Nick. Oh no, you are excited for Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, oh, no, wait! You were saying no, that I'm think, not. No, no, excited. no! I'm oh. not saying that one. I'm, I'm, I'm using a. a, 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 a this is probably above your head because I'm so in cl clever and intelligent. I'm using kind of Sherlock <laughs> style, uh, you know, deduction here. I don't think it's Kingdom Hearts three. Uh huh. I, I'd well. love to say that because I'd love to make that judgment on mm -hmm. you. But I don't think it is. All right. So I'm, which one do okay, you think it is? Okay. Uh, for me, it's between. Resident Evil 2, because I think you'd be interested in how they're changing the way that game is being presented. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think. I think you're going to go for Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown. And oh. I think I know why. Well, uh, you know what? <laughs> you mentioned every single game on, on that list, <laughs> except the one that I'm actually excited oh, for. <laughs> okay, right. Well, this is going to be one of those episodes, I can tell. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, of course, there are probably other games that are coming out that we're not going through. There are tons and tons of games that are already, you know, that have people uh, 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 excited. But the one for January is the one coming out tomorrow. It's new Super Mario Bros. Uh, U Deluxe, because I, didn't, I did have a Wii, and I I was incredibly uh, um, in love with uh, Super Mario 3D World, but I didn't play the Wii version of uh, the, I mean, the Wii U version of New Super Mario Brothers. And so I'm excited to, to play it now. And I'm a huge um, Mario fan, as you can probably guess. I really love everything about Mario. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, you know, it feels like, Mario Odyssey was great, and all of the 3D games. I, it, it's actually my preferred version, but sometimes it's, it feels good to get back to the basics. And this is a great opportunity, as has been for many, many games, to rediscover it because it's coming out on the on the Switch. So that's the one for me. 
Okay, so I I would I would tend to agree with you. Like when you look at that list, you you automatically single out Super Mario and you go, well, obviously that's going to be brilliant. You know, even yeah, but it's also a re-release that... that is not very inventive, and I think a lot of people are not excited for it. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I I'm not. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. But wait, I know wait. are you not not excited, or are you not I'm excited? Not exci- well, okay, this is the thing, right? Because on paper, it's exactly the kind of thing that I want to be playing, and mm. a, a lot of the games I'm most excited for coming in 2019 are the more back to basics game and i think that's because the, the game that I, I i play the most of wow is so involved and like if you want it to be so complex and, and and can take over your life in such a way that i tend to get more excited for very compact experiences um and and that's why super mario bros uh, is is like one of those things that i'd automatically go, yeah but I, I don't know maybe i'm dead inside <laughs> i didn't get excited i didn't get excited for um odyssey Despite myself, and I, oh, I tried, I tried so hard. I really wanted to because I would describe myself as a massive Mario fan, and I, and I'm, I, I'm watching sort of gameplay footage of uh, Deluxe, and I, it's not stirring me. Mm. But then I yeah, tell no, you what, I can see, yeah. then I watched the trailer for Ace Combat Seven, which I wanted to hate, and I'm so <laughs> hyped right now. Honestly, I'm a quiver. I'm a quiver on my office chair. It got me so excited. There was no gameplay footage in it at all. It was just like the cheesiest voiceover you've ever heard with the cheesiest yeah, that's music probably playing why. over the top. And I was like, I'm ready for this. I'm so ready. <laughs> that's understandable. Do you, do you play, are you intending to play it in VR? Yeah. Well, this is another thing. Mm. Um, I, I, I bought uh, my brother a, a VR, a PlayStation VR um, for Christmas. Because um, I found a, a good, good choice. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, he could set it up really easily. He didn't have to do anything on the PC. And he could just plug it in and go. Uh, I got a good choice on it, man. I found a man who was selling them cheap. Um, <laughs> and we, we had a good old Christmas playing VR games. Now I'm so into the idea. And it was something that never crossed my mind before. And if that's out on VR, yeah, I, I, my eyes appealed for incredibly strong VR titles over the year as well. So yeah. I, I'm totally up for that. I'm, I think we mentioned this in, uh, at the end of, the, of last year, but I think uh, this, these past few months in VR have kind of made me hope that uh, when, whatever happens with PlayStation 5, they make it compatible with uh, the PSVR because it's really just a screen, right? I'm simplifying things, but it's a screen. So you could display uh, better things on that screen uh, by just plugging it in. And I hope that they come up, come out with another model. But that's, you know, future discussion. And so we're basically excited for the games that other people are probably not excited for. And we're not mentioning Resident Evil 2, which uh, a lot of people love. I thought it was, the, the original one was ultra disappointing because the the first resident evil made a lot of sense and the second one was just oh now we're in the police station and there's a ruby in the eye of the tiger statue and you're like what what are i think they remade a mansion and and decided hey that's exactly the same game let's make it into a police station and you're outside of it for two seconds but anyway so the the game looks like i played i I remember playing the the demo for the original resident evil 2 um which was on the disc of resident evil 1 when i bought it for playstation Mm. because i was obviously a bit behind the times and after having played through resident evil 1 then going into the demo of resident evil 2 it was the most exciting (laughs) half an hour of my life I mean, well, I was there's... only like 10, but... <laughs> Understand. Yes, exactly. There you go. I was like an adult. I was, I don't know, 16. Uh, how old are you? Me? I'm 35 years old. So I was oh. probably a bit older than 10. Actually. So I was 20. No. Oh, and I so young, I was 25. That's why I was way too serious to play those <laughs> stupid video games. Uh, and Kingdom Hearts 3, which everyone loves, and I don't. And I just, you know, I never got into it. Maybe this will be the opportunity for me to try it, but I'm not hopeful. Um, we'll see. Anyway. 
Um, <laughs> your yay was half enthusiasm, half lethargy, it felt. <laughs> well, look, I know people that are going to love Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah, so much exactly. that I, it's one of those games I'm not going to have to play because I'll know all about it. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we spent a long time on January uh, and already, you know, first month, already a ton of things that are getting people. And, and that's, you know, the general trend for the past two or three years, which I've been repeating ad nauseum on this show. It's like every year is incredible and it starts... I, that everyone has been saying, you know, now there's no month when there's nothing. Uh, February, uh, Crackdown 3 on the 15th, uh, Jump Force and Far Cry New Dawn also on the 15th, and then the big gun, Anthem, coming out on the 22nd uh, with uh, Metroid X... Uh, Metroid. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> I just gave uh, Nintendo fans a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> Metro Exodus. So out of these, which one are you excited for? Oh, it has to be Crackdown 3 on that list. Really? Crackdown 2, Crackdown 2 was one of the greatest video game experiences of my entire life. It's one of the games that I, I credit with getting me back into video games in a really, oh, wow. really big way after university. Because um, I put all that stuff... Oh, Patrick, I was so serious when I went to study <laughs> and I went away and I, I left childish things behind, Patrick. And I didn't play like games... Like fun and joy, essentially. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, was so, I was a serious artist. You don't understand. Um, and okay, so I did play some like Warhammer 40k RTSs, but that was about it. Um, and then Crackdown 2 came along and oh my goodness, it changed my life and it was wonderful. And um, I've been looking forward to Crackdown 3, like most people, pretty much my entire life after that. And there is, <laughs> there is, this, there is this nagging doubt whenever I see a trailer for Crackdown mm, 3 yeah, I, that I makes admit. me think, oh, you don't get it. You, you don't get it at all. This is bad. But then I think, oh, well, that kind of happened with Into the Spider-Verse last year. I was really excited about it. But then every other trailer I saw for it, I thought, mm. oh, I, oh, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. And it turned out to be the best thing ever. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my doubts aside. And I'm, I'm just going to allow myself to be totally hyped for Crackdown. So hopeful Nick for the game <laughs> yeah. coming out in a month. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think most people are, are possibly excited for it in the same way you are, uh, probably because of their history with Crackdown 1 and not Crackdown 3, uh, 2, I mean. So you're a little bit of an, an outlier there. But yeah, certainly I couldn't help are. it. I just loved yeah. it. Um, well, it's fine. Uh, to each their own. And uh, Jump Force is this crazy anime. It, we're not going to go over each one. Far Cry we could talk about for a little while. But the one I want to talk about is Anthem, because, of course, uh, if you like... Uh, uh, Essentially, if you like Destiny or any looter collector game, um, it's uh, uh, the one that could be the next big thing in that um, area. And I'm super excited because it's essentially the way I look at it. It's uh, uh, an Iron Man video game in space and in the future. And I want to play Iron Man. I just I got to play Spider-Man last year. Uh, I want to play Iron Man now. So that that is something <laughs> I'm really looking forward to. There's a question on whether or not uh, Bioware is going to be able to provide an interesting single-player experience for that game. It looks very, very much Destiny-focused, although Destiny did manage to do something interesting uh, single-player-wise in, in um, Forsaken, but we'll see. The, the game looks cool. It looks fun. I'm still... I'm reserving my judgment, but it's the one I'm excited for. You, you don't and, think uh, it looks like every other game in the world? Yes. I don't know. I mean, if you show no, me I screenshots agree. of Anthem right now, I'm not sure I could tell you that was Anthem. <laughs> I completely agree. It, it doesn't look very original. Uh, I mean, it looks like a mashup. Artist, uh, uh, art-wise, it looks super generic. Um, but it, it doesn't. that doesn't matter as much in these kinds of games. It, it, the important part is, uh, uh, first of all, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay and uh, the gameplay loop of, you know, 
what you do, why you do it, and why you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, that's something I talked about at length when I was, uh, whenever I talk about these kinds of games. People focus on either, you know, the, 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 the way it looks or the story or in these kinds of games none of that really matters of course it's it's great dressing but the really important thing is uh the 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 way the developer manages to make you want to replay the same content over and over again and that's why whenever people say oh overwatch should have a a pve mode Mm -hmm. i i strongly reject that premise because it becomes i mean i would love for it to to happen but you do it twice, and unless there's something at the end of that uh, tunnel, call it an instance, a dungeon, a whatever, which is loot that you want, um, then you're not going to be playing it several times. And so uh, uh, th- that an Overwatch PvE experience is a completely different game that requires... Uh, uh, you can't like just add it as an add-on to Overwatch, or it's just a mission you do a couple of times, and th- they do that all the time. So... That is what matters in these kinds of games. And that's a very long I agree, long I agree but then you look at something like Overwatch. I guess my thinking always is that if someone has created sort of a visual style which is incredibly original and uh, sort of inspiring, then I, I guess I'm more willing to believe that they've also created a game which is more kind of thoughtful mm. and original. So that's that's yeah. probably something to do with that. But I, I like the kind of the supposed focus on more sort of tactical multiplayer squad play in anthem if that turns out to be a real thing that happens mm. i'm not sure but yeah. yeah so i i mean if if actually the answer i should be ha- i should have given you is i would like it if it looked cooler or more original or more <laughs> different yes uh, i think it would have been even better but uh, i mean i'm cautiously not even cautiously op- optimistic about the game i'm it's probably the one that speaks the most to what i often like in in games so anyway all right that's I'm glad February. you're excited about it. That's made me more yeah. excited about it. I'm sold. I'm awesome. downloading it. <laughs> uh, you still have... Oh, yeah. You're downloading it when it comes out. Not now. Yeah, you don't yeah. have a secret. Okay. Uh, there must be a pre-order, I'm assuming. I'll, I'll get it. Fine, okay, okay, cool. Excellent. I've made money for Bioware, so I'm happy. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> March, we have Devil May Cry 5 in on the 8th. On the 15th, we have Tom Clancy's The Division 2, which is another one of those games. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on the 22nd, and Yoshi's Crafted World, which, which was just given a date on the 29th. Tell me, what do you like there? Um, I, I tell you what I'm not excited for again, unfortunately, is, is uh, The Division. Um, and mm. I don't think I'd yeah, be alone same with thing. that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're going to mention um, a little bit later how they are selling that game um, and, and, and what platforms they're making it available and things. And I, I, I think there's a real sense of just needing to draw a line under the first uh, Division. I just don't trust them to. <laughs> I just don't trust them to, 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 to make it better and solve the problems that they're in the first place. Like they, they never showed me because I, oh, I wanted to love the division so much because on paper, maybe that's I could why, totally yeah. get into that game. I could, I could love it so much. Um, and I just felt like they, they never at any point cared about it. They, they no, kind of I think that's a bit unfair. And they left but, it. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, it probably is, but I'm a, I'm a harsh I mean, kind of guy. You feel the way Patrick. you feel, but yeah, I'm unforgiving. You know, and um, I, I ruthless I is, is the word that yeah. comes to my mind when I think of you. Indeed, yes. <laughs> everyone says so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I just don't trust it to be good. And mm. uh, for me, Washington isn't an, an, an interesting setting as, as New York. It doesn't kind of speak to me on the sort of a visceral level and make me excited just for where it is and how it's realized. 
Um, so I, I, my eye is on the division out of all those games, but I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. Okay. Um, well, I'm, yeah, it's kind of, I, the division didn't grab me. There's something about the contemporary, uh, setting that makes it not work as well. Everyone always mentions, you know, you're shooting a, a dude in the face 15 million yeah. times. If it's an alien or a robot, then yeah, you can believe it. But it, when it's a person, it feels dumb. So that's, but th of course, there were other issues with that game. But we'll, we'll see how it works out. The fact that it's coming out like three weeks after Anthem might be an issue, but Anyway, so we'll see. And they're not pushing it as much as I would have thought they would. So I'm wondering if they are don't have their reservations as well. But I mean, it's, it's March. It's in, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a couple a of months couple ago. Of, yeah. If yeah. you like seeing sort of numbers popping out of people's yeah, heads exactly. like at a really <laughs> rapid rate. <laughs> uh, Devil May Cry 5. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it because I never got into Devil, Devil May Cry. And I, I'm going to try that one and see if I, I, if I can get uh, uh, the joy of that type of game uh, for that one. And Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, of course, from software, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, uh, all of the Souls series. And this one looks a little bit more accessible, a little bit less punishing. So I, I'm excited to try it as well. I wasn't a fan of Bloodborne. I did put a lot of time into it. Uh, but it didn't, you know, it didn't click with me. So both of those, I think, are intriguing again, and uh, I'm I'm interested in. Uh, April, we have Mortal Kombat 11 on the 23rd, Days Gone on the 26th, uh, and Dauntless and Super Meat Boy Forever in April, supposedly, but they don't have a date. Dauntless, for those who don't remember, is a more indie take on the Monster Hunter um, formula, and you take down monsters as... It's a more arcadey version of Monster Hunter, maybe, so you have to work together to take down giant monsters, and it's a very comic booky type uh, uh, aesthetic. So which one do you like there? Uh, Patrick, sign me up for the exclusive limited edition pre-order t-shirt model thing for whatever Super Meat Boy is selling. I'll take it. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get a tattoo of it. I'll put it on my chest. I'll <laughs> oh, I, didn't every day. I didn't figure you for a, uh, for a difficult platformer person. That's... Well, I mean, it's, I don't think it is. Okay, right. This is the thing, right? This is why I'm a genius at Super Meat Boy, because I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm not really into that as well. I enjoyed you talking about Celeste last episode. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I totally agree with everything you said about Celeste. And that kind of is the same case for me for Super Meat Boy. I bought it on a whim on uh, on Steam one day, and I just put it on my PC, and I started playing it. And I was blown away by, by just how fast it was and how slick it was um, and, and how difficult. And I got to this level, which I just couldn't beat at all. It was like a boss level, and everything was happening so fast. And I played it for about um, probably about 10 hours, this one level, over and over again, thousands and thousands of tries. And I was like, I, I think this is actually physically impossible. And I hate to do this for a platform game, but I'm actually going to go online. I'm going to have a look at a guide and see what's happening. And I went onto YouTube and I saw this level. I found this level. And I was like, well, this is wrong. This is like literally half as slow as my version of the game. Um, and every <laughs> single video I watched, it was half the speed. And it's because my monitor was at 144 hertz. And there's a little bug in that game where if you if you're just, if your display speed is faster than than 60, 60 frames, it just it speeds the game up to match. Oh my god! So I was god. I was literally playing Super Meat Boy at double the speed, and so I slowed and for the those speed who, down. For those who don't know, Super Meat Boy is a fast game. Like it anyway, is, yeah. yeah. And I played through those first, like I, I don't know, 30, 40 levels, and I was like, wow, this is so far. My mind is blown. <laughs> 
this is like what I always wanted Sonic to be like. This is incredible. And and then I got to this level which I literally physically couldn't do. And I've been I did it thousands of times. And then I, I I fixed the bug so it's playing at its normal speed. And I beat the level easily. And it turns out now I'm the best Super Meat Boy player of all time because I learned <laughs> to play the game playing at double the speed. Um, but now I can't play it on normal speed. It's too boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, this is a wonderful story, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with the, I, I, I the know, next I'm looking, title. This like, is the thing. I'm looking forward to approaching a Super Meat Boy yeah. game properly as it was right. meant to be played. And Forever, if I'm not mistaken, has um, uh, infinite levels. Essentially, it's uh, it's yeah. yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. I'm I'm gonna I, I'm. A little bit excited about Mortal Kombat, but really it's days gone, which I know a lot of people are going to say, ah, oh, more zombies, more apocalypse, <laughs> but, you know, open world, open game, like, no, open world, not even open world, narrat narrative, open-ish world game with the zombies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my hopes alive, uh, even though I know it's, 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 possibly not going to be a great game but it's exactly my jam it's essentially what i need to make me as i'm waiting for uh, the last of us part two but we'll yeah. see how it is and dauntless could be really cool as well so we'll see may we have rage 2 and uh the movie pokemon <laughs> detective pikachu which i i plugged in here on the 10th rage 2 is coming out on the 14th um i'm gonna put a few of them together here june 21st crash team racing july the atari vcs is coming out weird console uh, uh, august 27 shenmue 3 and november 8 uh the sonic the hedgehog movie so um yeah that's a, a bunch for the second <laughs> half exactly of what the i was year. gonna say patrick yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean rage 2 could be fun um Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. No. I mean, but I mean, is anyone going to play Rage 2 when the new Doom is out? That's the thing. It's It feels like mm. if I want my schlocky, ridiculous, big explosions, running around, cool, third-person shooty thing, that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the new Doom, aren't I? Is it? Where is the new Doom? I, it's not in it, my list. Doom is Eternal it? will be this year at some point, won't it? Yeah, I no, no, you're right, you're right. I don't know why it's not in my list, but it should be, and it should be one of Your my most... terrible list, Patrick. I've got a whole Clearly. ton of things I need to add to this list. Clearly. Awful. Oh, go ahead, go we ahead. have some words. Go ahead, tell me. You call yourself a, a video game expert. I'm not buying it. Um, But the things that are on your list, um, uh, let's uh, please never talk about either of those movies ever again. And okay. I don't want to hear you talking about them later in the year either. Thank you. <laughs> Are you a Pokemon fan? The game, I mean. Uh, yeah, on a very, very small scale. At, okay. a, at a kind of a very casual level. Okay, well, in, so in order to not insult you, I will not uh, uh, talk at length about the De Detective Pikachu movie. I saw the trailer, I thought it was cute, and I'm going to go see it. That's all Good. I'll say. Oh, Excellent. well, so you're happy for everything. I, I hope was... you go and see it. I just don't, you don't talk about it afterwards to me. <laughs> Excellent. All right. That's absolutely fine. I'll make a note of that. Uh, Shenmue 3, I am so not, you know, <laughs> uh, I, uh, that's my comment on Shenmue 3. Um, it's the typical example of people remembering something and thinking it was so great. And it was uh, kind of at the time, so not today. And they remade the same game. Uh, I, actually, we don't know. I'm being disingenuous. It's not, uh, we don't know how different the game is going to be, but it really looks, at least graphically, like the same game. And, Plus, you'll be spending yeah. all your time on the, on the Atari VC, uh, VCS, surely. So you won't have of time course. for any more nostalgia. Uh, 
obviously, uh, so many problems with the VCS. I'm not even going to get into it. We'll talk about it in, in July, in the dead of summer, when it's coming out. Look forward to that one. <laughs> oh, I, think, um, oh, I, I won't be able to listen. I think I'm away. I uh, well, you know, the podcasts go away uh, when you don't listen to them the first few days. So, <laughs> so sadly, no way for you to listen to that. Um, so there's a bunch of, of, of games, like tons of them that are coming out that don't have a release date. Uh, do you want to look at that list and tell us which ones you're you're looking forward to you you can mention a few uh okay um there's the the interesting like um uh, mobile titles on there um which I, I i kind of i i see from a very voyeuristic perspective because i can't possibly play any video games on my Wait, Samsung mobile S5. Which, what are you looking at Mario Kart Tour is going to be a, a mobile game, is that oh, right? Oh, that is true. Yes, absolutely. Now that, that see, like, I'm excited about any Nintendo mobile mm. games. I loved Mario Jump. I thought it was really great. Um, I can't... So, yeah, for, for mobile games, we're going to talk about them a, a little bit later. So I'll... Uh, and it's oh, Mario sorry. Run, by the way, not Jump, but yes. Um, oh, did, what did I say? No, it was like the opposite of Mario Jump. It was, it was Mario <laughs> well, No you, Jump. You, the Mario only thing no you jump. actually do is jump. So yeah. that's why. Um, um, but yeah, I loved so it anyway. Ahead. It was a long time ago, Patrick. I can't remember that far back. I can't remember what I had for breakfast two days ago. I can't remember all the way back to 2016. That is very nice. Um, but I'm excited for Mario Kart Tour. Um, I like the look of Wolfenstein, Youngblood. Um, I think it's got like an interesting sort of Nazis in the 80s aesthetic, which is, is exciting for me because it looks exactly like uh, <laughs> um, Warhammer 40,000 in the way it's all put together. I love Warhammer 40,000. And it's when I look at Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein games, I have yeah. to kind of admit to myself, yeah, there is a pretty strong Nazi aesthetic going on in 40K, <laughs> um, which maybe I didn't appreciate when I was a bit younger. Um, so, I mean, it, it, but that is just an aesthetic thing, which I find interesting about. Um, mm. uh, well, you can play it uh, co-op, so you can play it with your wife. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Play the two um, we, twin twin sisters, uh, daughters of... Uh, of we, uh, uh, go busting Blaskovitz. some Nazis together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and with their, with their beautiful, deep southern drawls in, in 80s mm. Paris. It's going to be fun. It's great. Uh, amazing. Um, but I, there was, I was talking earlier about sort of how I... Uh, I like very compact experiences, and those are the ones I'm looking forward to. And, and every, nearly every single game that I enjoyed in, in 2018 was a game I wasn't looking forward to at the beginning of the year. And it kind of oh, like that's came interesting. out of nowhere um, and sort of took me by surprise. Stuff like Dead Cells and uh, Celeste. And I, I know um, Subnautica had been um, sort of in early access for about 20 years before it actually <laughs> hit, but I only noticed it when it actually hit. Um, and I found that very exciting. Um, so it's, it's difficult because I'm trying to kind of second guess things a bit if I'm actually getting myself to look forward to games this year. Um, so, I mean, and they're all little experiences. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, a game called Sable. Oh, um, right, yes. Which looks absolutely fantastic. Again, because it's got this incredible, beautiful aesthetic and it catches my eye, Patrick, and it makes me think, ooh, I wonder what traveling through that land is going to look like on my screen. I wonder how it's going to feel. Um, and I wonder how it's going to feel different from other video games I play. And Yeah, Sable um, is, the one, uh, is the one that looks like a French-Belgian uh, comic yes. book, right? Mm. And it's absolutely stunning. And it's got this incredible soundtrack by Japanese Breakfast. Um, and it's, it's like apparently semi-open world. Um, which it, it looks uh, to have the same kind of things that I like about it that I liked about um, Breath of the Wild, I guess. Mm. And that kind of uh, relaxing, kind of some sort of uh, semi-meditative exploration in a way, you know, where it, there is 
uh, sort of tension and there is adventure and there is excitement, but just something about existing in the world is incredibly sort of relaxing in a way and and, and sort of spiritual almost, you know? Mm. Okay. Very cool. I, I can tell you think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Sable does look, I didn't even have it in this list. And it's a giant list that is kind of uh, missing a few really important games or not important, but at least that should, uh, I just added it to the list. So there you go. I So I'm going to mention a few very quickly. Um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, because I'm a sucker for uh, uh, Castlevania. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, in case it comes out in 2019, which is not certain, but we'll see. Uh, Gears 5, I think, has an interesting approach, uh, possibly, to, to that franchise. Um, not as radical as God of War did for that franchise, but I think there's a little bit of more mature uh, uh, way of, of delivering story, which I would be interested in. In the Valley of Gods, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Santo Campo's um, Firewatch. I liked it, but I was disappointed at the end. And in the Valley of Gods, I'm still interested because I thought it was an interesting narrative experience. I'm a huge Marvel fan, so Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, exclusive on Switch. I'm curious to check out for sure. Uh, Mario Kart Tour, you mentioned. We'll talk about it again. Samurai Showdown, because... I'm a fan of SNK and fighting games. Um, Wolfenstein, Young Blood, you mentioned as well. Star Wars Jedi: The Fallen, the Fallen Order, uh, coming out in Q4, is probably the one that I'm the most curious about because it's a huge thing. Um, we don't know anything about it uh, beyond <laughs> the fact that it's uh, Respawn Entertainment uh, who is creating it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Respawn, of course, Titanfall developer, and previously many of the people at um, Infinity Ward behind the very successful era of Call of Duty, um, the, the renewal of Call of Duty. So some of the best games in the series, uh, undoubtedly the best games in the series. Very curious to see what they're going to be doing. Essentially, if it's Titanfall with lightsabers and, uh, you know, the, the single-player uh, campaign of Titanfall 2 with lightsabers and um, uh, uh, Jedi aesthetic, I'm in. Oh, no, it's I can't take it. I can't take another kind of, like, buddy relationship with my droid being followed around <laughs> Titanfall. I can't say... I, uh, that was enough for me. I can't... Conversations where we become incredibly close to our droid and then they get blown up or something and we're all upset about it. I can't know. It I, might I happen. It. it might it's happen. It's going to happen, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, lots of lots of really cool stuff uh, in there. And oh, I checked, by the way, Doom Eternal doesn't have a release date. That's why it's not on the list. Right. Uh, it, it's very fair. possible that it's going to come out in, in 2019, but um, it's likely even. And there are tons of other games. I mean, Ori, Psychonauts 2, uh, uh, Wasteland 3, a new IS is coming out. It's like out of these, not even taking into account the ones in the beginning of the year, there are like three titles that I could imagine be in my game of the year list, possibly. So it's wow. a lot of things I mean, there. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I look at that list and there's loads I would say I'm excited for, but there's very, very few that I can guarantee 100% that I will definitely play. Um, really? which is really weird yeah and yeah i look at a game like um ape out and i think to myself i'm definitely 100 percent gonna play that game which one i look at a game ape out oh ape out okay oh yeah. man i'm gonna play the hell out. i already know i'm gonna play the hell out of that game 
Um, and I'm 100% I'm going to buy that game. I'm going to play it. And uh, Sea of Solitude, I'm going to play Sea of Solitude. 100% going to play that game. And then I look at and I, I guess maybe I'm just a bit, like a lot of people at the moment, maybe a bit disillusioned with um, AAA sort of hype machines. And everything does look so similar to me. I, I love Firewatch. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll probably check out that new one. Um, I wasn't like you. I, I, Firewatch was my first ever walking simulator. Uh, and I, I got off on that. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, the, so, the writing in that was so good. So let me ask you, what was your, um, your, what, which were your games for last year? You mentioned Celeste and Dead Cells. Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, and um, the ones that took me by surprise, uh, which <laughs> it might surprise you to learn, also included Spider-Man and God of War. <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's, I, it's... Was, I, I looked at the list and I saw Spider-Man and God of War were on the list for 2018. I was like, oh, no, there's never <laughs> been a good Spider-Man since Spider-Man 2. It's clearly going to be yeah. horrible. And uh, I, God of War just isn't up my street at all. Because, you know, I played the other games. And I thought, I, I, I'm kind of done with God of War. I don't um, which is exactly how I feel about Gears 5. So maybe that'll surprise me. But at the yeah. moment, I'm looking at that, and I'm in the same way that I would never have thought Spider-Man was going to be one of the greatest games ever created in the world. But I, I, I'm, I can't guarantee that I'll play anything on that list, which is fair weird. enough. No, that's that's completely fair. And I, to be uh, to be honest, I don't think Gears 5 is going to be that. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so yeah, that's a list of the big games that have been announced for 2019. Uh, we will be exploring that in more detail as the the year unrolls. For now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Tim Sweeney and Epic and Fortnite and the Epic Game Store. Um, so uh, th we didn't mention it last episode. Maybe we should have, but uh, technically Fortnite was released in 2017, even the Battle Royale mode. Um, so we didn't. But according to, um, who was it? Sensor Tower, I'm guessing. One of the analyst firms. Uh, Epic has made $3 billion in profits in 2019, essentially on Fortnite, three billion US dollars. Um, the, to put that a little bit in context, um, I have a few numbers from our good friend uh, Oscar Lemaire, French analyst. Um, essentially, it is uh, the, the the three times what companies like Activision or Electronic Arts make in a year uh, in 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 profits. Uh, it's the it's twice what Nintendo earned uh, last year as the Switch was taking off. It's nine times what Square made last year, uh, 11 times what Ubisoft made. Uh, both Square and Ubisoft were record earnings. Um, and he, he got an interesting, another interesting one here. Capcom, who has published some of the games, game industry's biggest titles in the history of the world, uh, Street Fighter or Resident Evil, um, they and they made uh, the the biggest profit of their history last year. Uh, Capcom, Epic made twenty times that. It's like. I don't have words. We have a lot of numbers. Thank you, Oscar, for, for this. But I don't have words to describe the phenomenon that Fortnite is. And and it's not the only thing uh, that I want to talk about. 
they have announced that The Division 2 is going to be exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Uh, and the Epic Game Store is going to be arriving in on Android in 2019. And that, by the way, is in a Game Informer's uh, interview for December, which I didn't see and nobody noticed, apparently. I didn't hear about it, at least. This is huge as well, because the Epic Game Store redefines what the store slash developer split is. Uh, as you well know, the Epic uh, Game Store gives 12% of the uh, uh, proceeds to the level developer as opposed to, in general, uh, 30%. Um, I'm sorry, not 12%. Obviously, they keep 12% and give 88% to the developer. And in general, the split is 70-30. We knew uh, the game store was doing that on PC uh, and giving uh, Steam a run for its money. And doing it on Android as well, I think this is, I was joking about this on Twitter earlier, I think this is the biggest thing to happen to gaming in 10 years. They are redefining the relationship between stores and the uh, developers. They're making all of this because it's easy to underestimate or undersell how much this is, you know? When you go from 70% to 88%, 18% increase of the whole money you get, like, imagine from one day to the next, your salary was increased to 18%. And it's even more if you're using uh, the Unreal Engine, which might get into competitive issues in the future, but it's. I think it's, it is huge, and it's going to push everyone in that industry to uh, take a hard look at how they are doing that split. I think in the future, the single-handedly Tim Sweeney, who's, by the way, um, more wealthy now than Gabe Newell, I think it's a big symbol, um, is is pushing to redefine that relationship, which is not very visible, but I think it, it influences the game industry tremendously. And it's a big, not con uh, consumer-focused change, but uh, industry change, like we never thought would happen. And Fortnite being that successful is enabling Sweeney, who is very... Um, almost militant about these things, and we've seen it before, uh, to single-handedly move the lines in that uh, in that field. I think it's yeah, very and I think I think that's the big takeaway from all of that is is how the industry is going to be changed from it, and uh, particularly in relation to what um, Tim Sweeney does. And I'm kind of excited by that. I, I, I think Tim Sweeney has got some really good ideas. Um, and I kind of, I, there's there's something I find quite exciting about the idea that he has like this massive say in what the industry is going to look like mm. uh, in, in a few years time. Now, there, like, there are huge dangers with that as well, of course. Um, but you're right, absolutely right. He's, they are completely changing the, the face of how games are going to be delivered. And therefore, how that's going to trickle down how to how they're made and, and, and created and why they're made as well. And that that's that's my big worry is because when you make three billion in profits one year it's actually it's it's a massive disaster then if you only make two billion in profits the next year even if that's better than everyone else combined again like it was this year that's a huge disaster for for shareholders and we've been seeing that in, in video games a lot recently um next year if they only make two billion that's going to be that's going to be a huge disaster for them which sounds well, ridiculous but i mean that's late stage capitalism get over it and, I, and that's I, I don't think that's works. quite i don't think that's quite fair i think everyone in this case understands that it might not happen again or maybe it's going to happen for a year or two but it's not like you know they're going to be doing this all the time and well, i'm wondering is epic gaming podcast is epic that? Yeah. publicly owned 
I'm, I'm uh, not 100. percent I'll, so, I'll, but I'll maybe research. I'm wrong. It's it's a very yeah. important piece of information. You're right, but keep going. Um, but looking at it more optimi optimistically, it's it's almost more interesting for me to see how everyone else in the industry reacts to it rather than what Tim Sweeney's doing and how Epic are changing things. Because like they're at the forefront, they've got all the power right now. Mm. Um, but I mean, EA aren't sitting there on their golden thrones thinking, well, they got lucky this year, we'll just leave them to it. Um, no, they, they've got their Coftus glances over there and they're wondering how they can sort of get a piece of that and, and, and sort of make all of that money and, and, and do that. And it's be really interesting to see how people react to that. Um, what do you think is going to be the main, the main way that the industry is completely changed by this, Patrick? Uh, I think it's just going to enable uh, people to make games for cheaper. Uh, it's going to impact massively the indie developers um and the it's going to make it easier for them to uh make a return on their games for big companies it's going to be it's going to mean more money um if you want to take the super starry-eyed version of it it means they're going to need less uh microtransactions in the games to make up the money but honestly let's not be uh childish <laughs> about it it's probably not going to change in that way um especially and this is still uh uh the, the idea that the Epic Game Store is going to uh, take off is fairly um, is fairly uh, 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 realistic because of all of these and the free games they've been giving out. But um, it is not a hundred percent certain. Even if they don't, though, uh, in order for developers to not go to the Epic Game Store, uh, the others I think are. That's the reason I'm saying the others are going are gonna to have to reevaluate. Um, the the way they do things, the way they do the split. And Sweeney was explaining that through Fortnite, they have uh, managed to have a good look at how much it costs to run a service like this. And essentially what he's saying is uh, you need about 10% of the income to run the, the things. And so 30% is, re is ridiculous. Uh, he says between, let's say, seven and ten percent um so that's why he's fighting against the 30 percent because it was necessary be before but now the the uh economy of scale means it's it isn't anymore um and the fixed costs uh become neg negligible in, in when you get to those scales so yeah for me i think the reason the the the, the reason this is important is because you're going to be able to access your customers your the gamers Without thinking, holy crap, you know, 30% of everything I make is going to go to someone else. 30% is a huge amount. If you can reduce that to 12%, it, it makes everything. That's, as I was saying before, 18% of your money is going to go back to your tiny company and your tiny, uh, uh, you know, indie developers. Um, yeah. So I think this is, um, I, I, mean, I mean, it's not going to change the world in the sense that we're going to see different games, but I think it's a more fair and more healthy way of approaching games distribution in a in a almost exclusively digitized world so i mean there's there's that but there's also um is it going to make it harder for games to actually be discovered and found in the first place because one of the strengths well, that's of steam, already an issue one of, the, one of the strengths of steam is that it's a monopoly mm. so you have your game on steam and you you are on the best platform uh, to be discovered like I, I know there's a billion games out there every minute there's probably been like a thousand games released on steam since we started this podcast um but having like that is the only way to to get your game out there it's the, it's the best way so 30 percent doesn't seem so bad when it's the only game in town and 
yes, the Epic Games Store has got um, a, a, a better deal for you. And yes, it's probably going to do very well. But the fact that a monopoly doesn't exist anymore could also be a barrier to a game just taking off in a really huge way. Because suddenly, even if, even if uh, the Epic Games Store takes 50% of the player base from Steam or shares 50% of the player base with Steam, Mm. That's still splitting that over two different platforms, then. Yeah, but that's competition. No, I I understand, but that's that's called competition, you know. And and the monopoly of Steam, I think, yes, has the advantage that everything and then is in the same place, and people have been saying, "Oh, I don't want to have multiple stores," and and that I I um, use and have different accounts. I understand that. But there's a flip side to it, which means Steam can do whatever they want. Same with, of course, Apple is not going to let Epic do what I they totally want on the Apple Store. But, I, 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 I'm, you know. I'm not disagreeing with the, with the pros of it at mm. all. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate a bit, and I'm just trying to think of what... What negative aspect could be, if I, was, yeah. if I was a game developer, what would I be thinking? Mm. And I'd be thinking, well, now I've, got to, now I've got to work out a way to get my game onto Steam and yeah. um, so uh, and I think I've got, to, I've got to make sure it's discovered on both of those platforms. Or if I just go with Epic, there's a chance that you know I'm missing out on this huge um, mm. sort of player base on Steam that might just never bother um, checking out the the Epic Store. Or it just makes things a little bit more complicated for me. And that competi- competition is is great for consumers, and it's uh, probably great in the long run for developers as well. Certainly, Epic's prices are. But from from a point of view of having this huge platform where i can put my game and know that that's the one best place to have it this just gives gives developers a bit more to think about yeah i mean i think that the kind of developers that will benefit from that split are the kinds of developers that weren't very ben- uh, visible on steam anyway um that they, if they did become visible it was probably through other means of marketing you know uh getting uh, journalists content creators to look at their game and you know word of, of mouth all of those so I, I and and as I was saying, I think that push will impact Steam as well. They can't over the long run. They can't stay at thirty percent or whatever they announced, to, you know, three weeks ago. Which is, if you make fifteen bazillion dollars, then you can go to twenty percent. You know that that is not gonna gonna fly. And uh, the division being published on uh, the Epic Game Store exclusively, not exclusively, but not on Steam, is the first sign of that. It's a big company doing this. Maybe oh, it's because yeah, they're thinking. Maybe it's That's because vital. they're thinking we don't have, you know, uh, as big hopes for <laughs> the division. Only the people who want it are going to go get it. So let's make as much money out of it as we can. But I think that's a trial balloon, and we're going to see that happen more and more. And so it's going to make Epic, the Epic Game Store, be more visible or than it is now, and almost as visible as Steam. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. But oh, yeah. Steam I don't, will I don't be think visibility is going to be a problem for the Epic Game Store. Mm. And I think um, I think the the uh, uh, the division thing is a, is a really good point. I think if um, PlayStation have taught us anything in this console generation, it's that exclusives are incredibly important yeah. and will be the difference between you winning or losing, like the war in in gaming. And mm. I think that'll that'll probably an, be an important factor in it in the long run as well. Yeah, it's. I mean. Yeah, it is definitely an interesting shift. Um, and, oh, and by the way, I, I looked into it. Uh, Tencent owns 40% of the uh, company. And uh, they, I mean, Tim Sweeney is a super interesting dude, but he says essentially they don't have a lot of power in the company, that he would probably say that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but Tencent, 30%, that is a lot of 
Chinese mobile focused company yeah. uh, owning a part of it. But they've been owning uh, those 40% since 2012. And that was a moment when Epic, again, headed by Sweeney, considered that things weren't working out. And that's when they let go of Gears because it was too expensive to uh, produce. It's There's lots of stories around this. But, um, but yeah, we'll see how it happens. I think this is a big industry shift. Um, and we'll see. I think, yeah, another thing, if you want to look at the negative aspect of it, um, I think smaller stores like uh, good old games, maybe even uh, itch.io might, uh, might have a harder time making a living if they also have to, because let's be honest, those don't have a lot of advantages. It's been made clear to everyone that things like DRM don't matter as much as they should. So people yeah. don't go to the uh, good old game store to get DRM free stuff. Um, and if they still take 30%, they don't have, uh, they only have disadvantages compared to the Epic Game Store. So I don't know. Oh, and by the way, you don't have to implement DRM on the Epic Game Store. You do it if you uh, want to. It's up to the developer. So uh, it's he knows his stuff. And so we kind of brushed uh, off, you know, we, we kind of brushed past the fact that it's on on, uh, on Android, which is the reason why I brought this, this up. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it is huge. Like, we all know that mobile gaming is gigantically important uh, in today's gaming landscape and the fact that they're coming to Android and deciding well you take you know we only take 12% when Google is taking 30 there are other stores on uh, the Android platform I'm sure all of them take 30 as well or more or less um, and pushed by the huge success of Fortnite on mobile it's bigger on mobile than on on PC or consoles um, everyone's possibly if they tie it uh, everyone's going to have that game store and they're in, in, in business at that point. And so mobile gaming, Tencent we were talking about, is probably going to be moving to the Epic Game Store as well. So again, it, consumers, I don't think we care whether we get this game on this or that store, but it's still big for the industry. Yeah, and it blows my mind, that whole mobile thing. I mean, Fortnite moved onto mobile so seamlessly. Mm. It, it just, it, it was an, it was nothing. It didn't, it wasn't even a blip. It, just, it was just there and it happened. And suddenly it was how everyone was playing the game. Yeah. And it, it was so incredible to see that. And it, it blew my mind and it makes me worry that I don't understand anything that's happening. In game <laughs> well, who does, honestly? But that's again, you know, that's Sweeney. He was like, yeah. Mobile is where it's at. We're going to be doing it, and we're going to be making all of this cross-platform for everyone. And well, we're and the, helping the work people he's doing for cross-platform is so important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I really like him at the moment. Yeah, I think there's one aspect. Maybe I'm misguided, but Tim Sweeney has been someone advocating for. I really don't like the idea of opposing consumers and big companies and evil corporations. You know, but there's some truth to it. I think, of course. Um, but if you take that view, Sweeney has been advocating for consumers, and also it happens that what he was advocating for was good for Epic, but for a long time, for a really long time. It, it didn't come out of nowhere. So I kind of have a, um, a, a, a more trust in what he does and, and why he does it than maybe I would if someone else, let's say at EA or Activision, would say the same thing. So, yeah. I, I, he's, he's got a lot of uh, leeway with me at the moment, yeah, a lot of slack. I think that's fair. All right, let's talk about mobile games a little bit more uh, because I realized I was looking at the games coming out uh, this year. Uh, in 2019, we have Mario Kart Tour, 
The Elder Scrolls uh, Blade, Diablo Immortal, possibly. Um, we have a new Alien game, uh, which is essentially, it looks like Alien Isolation for phones. Um, we also have um, Ben Broad's new company. Uh, he was, of course, the, uh, the, the lead guy at Hearthstone uh, at Blizzard. Um, just revealed, uh, so his company, Second Dinner, revealed that they have a deal, well, with Tencent, who else? Uh, they got a minority stake for $30 million in his company. Can you imagine that? 30 million on Ben Broad and his team's name. And also, um, they managed to snag a deal with Marvel. Um, and I'm guessing I put it in the mobile category because I'm guessing it's going to be a mobile card game, but who knows? Maybe it won't be. It's essentially uh, a big part of the Hearthstone team that uh, joined uh, Ben Broad when, and Hamilton too, by the way, um, when they created Second Dinner. Another name you might know is Young Wu. He was very visible in that team. Um, so yeah, Marvel game. Probably card game, I'm guessing, probably on mobile. Um, lots of games that... So I still don't like mobile games. But I think it's really interesting that now we're seeing a lot of, quote-unquote, <laughs> I want to say real developers. That's not true. That's not fair. Um, traditional games developers looking at um, mobile and saying, how can we put the games we love, not the games that we play on mobile because that's the one that exists, but the games we love and adapt them to the mobile interface. And sure, let's disregard the fact that Mario Run came out in 2016 and that was Nintendo and it wasn't a huge success and I didn't love it. Let's put that aside for a second. Um, and we can consider that maybe 2019 is going to be the year when we finally have the answer of can mobile games be attractive to uh, traditional PC and console players, gamers. And I think that we might start to get that answer in 2019. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, there's, <laughs> I, look, I, I'm a, a PC elitist. I own consoles as well. I think one of the reasons that I've never been into mobile games, and that there are very specific exceptions to that, um, but generally, it's something I try and avoid. And I, I don't know if that's me being elitist. I don't know if it's just because I've never come across like incredibly beautiful games that have really captured me on mobile. I don't know if it's because I've always had a terrible phone. That could genuinely be <laughs> a, a factor in my thinking. Like, I, I I hate being on my phone. It's not a very good phone. Um, so I don't know. So what you're saying is when, when you're told, don't you guys have phones? It doesn't work for you. I was like, like, no, <laughs> no, mate, I don't. I mean, I do, but I, you know, it, it starts stuttering if I try and play Tetris or right a text to be honest so it's 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 a difficult one and and i i think the problem i've always had is kind of a turn of phrase that you used there actually where you said um how do we adapt these games to work on mobile and i think that's the problem i've always had is i i've always felt like i'm playing a game that would have existed better elsewhere but has been adapted to work on mobile. And it's that word adaption that I don't like. And, and that's I've been having the same feelings with VR. Because when I when I got the VR for my brother, I was like, oh, right, okay, well, what would I want to experience in VR? I'd love to experience Skyrim in VR. How amazing would that be? And uh, the new Resident Evil as well. Oh, I bet that's really scary. But those were two games that were adapted very heavily for the VR medium. And it, it felt that way. It, it, like they, they didn't feel like they really belonged in VR and they made me feel a bit ill. And, and it was when I came across games that were created with VR in mind from, from the very start that I started getting really exciting, excited about it as a medium because it made sense for me more. And it was, you know, very kind of 
static games actually where you're standing still a lot of stuff that i wouldn't have expected to like about vr um and i feel like no one's kind of captured me in the same way for mobile yet yeah, i feel I like there's there's not been a game where i've played it and i've gone this could only exist on mobile and i'm glad that it's on my phone right it's very yeah that's absolutely fair and uh, i'm i'm being i'm playing a little bit of the devil's advocate here when i'm saying this but at the same time um i think there are mobile games that are fun as mobile games and i always talk about supercell in that area because i think they're genuinely gameplay focused developer on mobile which is a rare thing many of them are more marketing focused um and the games are usually a mess from a gameplay perspective the, the big issue we have here is that we're not seeing traditional games being you know developed even as uh, originally envisioned uh, mobile games satisfactorily and the example i often uh, use when we talk about this is bungie uh, when they came out with Halo. And when they did that, what they really did was create a first-person shooter, which until then was only really viable on PC, and everyone thought it was it would never work on consoles, and it was like, oh, a controller, what are you talking about? You can't play an FPS on a controller. And there had been attempts before that, but Bungie found the formula, and since then, yes, of course, PC gamers are going to tell you it's never as good as on the PC. Sure, yes, but it's possible, and it works very well, and there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of people, myself included, who... I want to say tolerate because I'm a snob, but who enjoy uh, first-person shooters on uh, on console. And it works. It just works now. So I'm thinking that 2019 might finally be the year that developers are looking at mobile and thinking, let's figure this out. And at some point, and it's not as simple as finding the control scheme and the values of moving the, the joystick to that much and turning the screen on that level. It's not as precise as this, but figure out how to do games that are fun on mobile as well. Games that are fun for the audience of traditional games, which I define as PC and console games. And it might take time. Maybe this first salvo is not going to be it. And maybe they're just not going to be able to do it. We're, and we're forever stuck with mobile games being the crap mobile games that we've seen until now. It's possible. But I'm wondering if we're not going to see a real attempt at least and at last this year. I agree. Um, I, and yeah, I want I want to pick up a mobile. And I'm sure these games exist because I'm not very involved in the mobile market. I want to play a mobile game that doesn't feel like a Diablo game. I want to play a mobile game that I pick up and delights me and surprises me by using the functions of my phone in a way that no other medium could. You know? And maybe, I, yeah. I, you know, maybe it suddenly my camera turns on and, and I have to use it for something. But, and and yeah. like maybe it calls like a really expensive number and I have to stop it, otherwise I get a huge bill. <laughs> like I, I want it I want it to delight me in a way but that this PC is so games gimmicky. delight me by surprising me, or the Switch games delight me by surprising me, or VR games delight me by when I breathe out um like the cigarette smoke that I've just breathed in, like I see wafting in the air and things like that. I, I want mobile games to kind of use the medium in in exciting ways and because i'm man i would never uh dismiss any medium if there's good games on it like the more good games that exist the better for me um i'm never going to say a good game existing is a bad thing and if diablo immortal turns out to be brilliant which by all accounts it is um people but who I, played yeah. it really like it and that's great it's an extra 
excellent Diablo game on the market. That's fantastic news. I will agree with you on one point, uh, which is if the game is the same kind of experience adapted to the mobile, then uh, your phone might ring. And that might happen. Uh, I'm guessing you muted yourself. So if it's the same one, then I'd rather play it on my PC or console, probably, most probably. And in that sense, yes, I don't want the exact same game on mobile. Uh, that will benefit people who only play on mobile. And there are some of them, uh, for sure. Um, but they're not who usually this uh, show or our community who we're talking to. So I understand that part of it. But I still and think I, that... I might have said know. the same thing about the Switch, though. And that's the thing. And I, yes, I always exactly. kind of spot these. I, I would have said, well, what's the point of the Switch? What's the point in having all these ports onto the Switch? Um, but there really is and a I point think, the you Switch. Know, <laughs> I think it's the same with PCs versus consoles. You might think, well, what's yeah. the point having it on a console if I can play it on a PC? It's just, you know, I go to the den or I go to the office and I want to play sitting down on my PC. But there are some games that you prefer. Very similar, sometimes the same games on your console and you prefer playing them on the console. Uh, there are some for me. So I guess there's a big question mark in there and maybe it's gonna, it's all gonna amount to nothing, but dismissing the, uh, the, the <laughs> dismissing the mobile platform just because it's unwieldy and we've never had any games that are worth it for 10 years and no developers has managed to create a game that is compelling and original and the fact that it's always been riddled you know there are a lot of reasons to dismiss mobile i agree but it doesn't mean i mean it i've can't played happen. lots of but original we'll and um and interesting games on mobile but none of them have been full gameplay experiences they've all been mm. you know the, the ones i've Tiny. loved most like games like bud and what have you they've been very very short mm. kind of almost demo type experiences yeah. and, and so and, anyway sorry didn't mean to cut you off there no um it wasn't my phone by the way it was my doorbell but Ooh. i just ignored them they can go away I oh but what if it's important <laughs> what if it's, no, it's, it's I, 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 know, I know exactly it's a package and oh. it's it's not a very interesting package so don't worry it's okay fine. all right all right <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think what's interesting is that we're seeing those games uh, from big developers now, and uh, we'll have a, an answer this these next two years, if it works or not. Are you I excited also, about the, uh, the Ben Brode project? Yes. I, I love Ben Brode as like a human, a human being. I think he is <laughs> a wonderful person, or at least the persona he projects online. He's so optimistic and, and lively. And, uh, and I, as I mentioned many times, I sank, uh, I think, two years of my life in Hearthstone. Uh, could not stop playing it for the year before it came out as, you know, I was working for Blizzard. And the year after it came out, I was playing it all the time. Uh, I love Marvel. I love Marvel, like the the the. Anyway, so yes, love of Marvel. You love, bro. That's thirty million well spent. From, exactly, uh, from I think Tencent uh, has made. I had no idea that investment. sum of money was involved, but then I thought, in fairness, Benbro could probably sell me a banana for thirty million if I had it. <laughs> hey, you want to buy this? I'd be like, yes, Ben. How much do you want for it? Thirty exactly. million. Excellent. Count me in. <laughs> uh, I will say, however, it's probably going to be a, a card game. I would be more excited if if they were trying their hand at something else. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure they can get me back into the card game game. Uh, but I, I've I'll got a feeling a you're not really the target audience, Patrick. Mm, yeah, it's like mobile. Well, I mean, Marvel is very popular everywhere. I think it's not just going to be a Chinese targeted game. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, I, I'm excited. Um, should I talk about that 
that Activision ruining Blizzard uh, uh, thread that oh, I posted no, Patrick, or no? That was a really long. Yes, of course, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know because I, I feel we've gone on for a while. And okay, I'll just I'll just okay, mention so this, it very this, quickly. This is something that you put on Twitter, and you yes. uh, you create. I, I'll, like, you're going to be very modern about this, Patrick. So I'm going to I'm I'm going to sell oh, this for okay, you. Thank you. Um, let the viewers sit down, relax, Patrick. Um, <laughs> viewers, oh, there we go. Uh, you're not viewing much, listeners. Um, Patrick wrote an incredibly insightful and interesting, thoughtful, <laughs> grown-up and long Twitter thread on Twitter the other day, as is traditional, um, about his thoughts around uh, the current controversy controversy uh, surrounding Activision Blizzard and and as a whole, I guess. Um, sort of uh, big gaming publishers in general uh, this year. And I, I found it an incredibly interesting discussion um, and uh, an incredibly interesting point of view. And yes, I would like you to share it oh, right now with you. all of us. Please. Well, I, I'll, I'll correct you on one thing. It's not as a whole. Uh, it was specifically about the situation Blizzard and Activision are in and the way it's being interpreted. And I'll whittle it Quite down right. to its, its main... Because I'm looking at what we're hearing and what is str- uh, sparking the controversies uh, and the idea that Activision is ruining Blizzard by forcing them to do evil corporate stuff that they didn't want to do when they were pure uh, uh, gamer-focused Blizzard, you know? And the the, I'll, the the one key thing, I guess, I'll, you can go check out the thread if you want, uh, but the one key thing I'll take out of it and, and mention here is that they are focusing on developers, on hiring more developers, and on letting people, developer teams, the, develop the games with the time and resources they need. They're cutting costs in other areas, but the key thing is people are, it's, it's. I think, did you coin the Schrodinger's Blizzard uh, idea? I like to think I coined it, yeah. Okay, so let's, let's go with that. Uh, people see uh, negative aspects in everything Blizzard does, even when they're contra- uh, con- con- contradictory. Uh, um, so they're unhappy if Blizzard does X, and they're unhappy if Blizzard does the opposite of X. So it's like you're unhappy no matter what happens, whether Blizzard exists or not, in the Schrodinger uh, analogy. Um, so here, what they're doing is... Uh, the one thing that struck me the most is Diablo, we've heard from the Kotaku reports that they reset that game two years ago um, mm-hmm. and they have been working on it since. So essentially, and before that, they had been working on it for two years. So Diablo 4 has been in development for four years. And in my experience, I think when a, an overlord corporation looks at this and wants to really be butting in and recouping their costs, they would be saying listen, you have to put something out. And I don't even think that's as unreasonable a thing as you would think. Um, and so at the very least, we would have heard about Diablo 4 this year and because Activision would have said, I don't care how it looks. You have, I give you another six months or another year and you have to put a big Diablo game, a big uh, Diablo 4 game, not the mobile one, um, a big Diablo 4 game out because we need to recoup costs on that development team's uh, costs. And that's not what they're doing. Blizzard is um, developing tons of, tons of things, five uh, dev teams, traditional dev teams we know about, five additional, we, we're thinking, uh, mobile dev teams, 
and they're being given time to develop the things and polish the things the way they they always have. And I know there's a lot of negativity about Battle for Azeroth. That's not the first bad expansion. People like to think, oh, it's the worst expansion ever. It's so much worse the, than the blah, blah, blah. The specific criticism of Battle for Azeroth is very important in the in the Schrodinger's Blizzard uh, setup is because when um, Battle for Azeroth came out, there's a general sense that um, it had been rushed and that it maybe wasn't finished. That was a sense I felt was maybe a little bit uh, exaggerated, but I understand it. I wouldn't criticize someone for thinking that. I think um, there, there were some bad, th some very bad, uh, not very bad, but some bad decisions made for game design. I don't think mm. it was rushed. It was too. No, so. I don't think so either. Yeah. But there was a general perception that it was, right. and that it was it was unfinished, and there was a lot of lamenting, um, certainly in the WoW community, and 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 which trickled into the Blizzard community in in general. Of oh, this isn't the Blizzard we know. The Blizzard we know would have sat on it and gone, okay, look, I know we said we were releasing it now, but we're not going to release it until it's ready because gameplay overall. So you know, it's not going to be rushed. We're putting the uh, release date back a couple of months. It's going to come out in this perfect condition like blizzard games always do apparently <laughs> um and uh this you know this bringing this game out now when it's not finished is not the blizzard i know and then a month later um, when there was no news and news on uh, diablo 4 and then when the kotaku article came out saying yeah this game's been developing uh, for ages but we're, they're just not ready to show, show us it yet it's like well how selfish can you be come on blizzard <laughs> this isn't the blizzard is this is a disaster they've had a game in development for four years and they're not ready to show us anything at all that's the that's the the schrodinger's blizzard part, right 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 is that, that those two criticisms don't match up and they, right. they they contradict each other and i i one of having one of those criticisms is is makes sense but having both of them smacks a little bit of being disingenuous to me and and, and wanting to criticize for the sake of which i think you know when you get a bad expansion which again has happened before uh look at cataclysm people don't remember it very clearly now because time <laughs> heals all wounds and look at uh uh uh, Warlords of Draenor, look at, we're getting very World of Warcraft specific here, but even Mists was very, very, very criticized with the uh, uh, forest of um, of uh, daily quests that were ruining the game. And now Mists is remembered fondly, I think, <laughs> by everyone. And we were saying at the time, I didn't have a big love for Cataclysm or for Warlords. Mists, at the time, I thought it was being misrepresented. Anyway, it's not the first time there's a bad expansion. And, okay. I'm not going to go into all of it, but the bottom line is, I really think what we're seeing and the rumors and, and all of this that we're seeing is Blizzard is taking the time, reducing cost because they don't have big games coming out. And I don't count WoW Classic or Warcraft 3 Reforged in that <laughs> bucket. They don't have big games coming out for the next year or two. They're being given, they are giving themselves a lot more time to develop Diablo 4 um, that's why they didn't announce it now, because they didn't think it was going to come out this year. So I think they're going to announce it at next BlizzCon, and that gives them another year, because they usually want to announce stuff uh, uh, within a year of at least the beta release. So it's going to give them at least another year. You don't give a company two extra years to develop a game if you're being the evil we need money now overlord. I don't think that's how it works. And they, they, they're not getting any games out in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, or it's not looking like it. So anyway, I think that contradicts the current 
narrative about uh, Activision Blizzard. I, 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 it's pretty obvious to me when you look at all of it. I think a lot of people are looking at parts of it. Like you're saying, you, you only look at the Battle for Azeroth issues and you think, well, Blizzard sucks. And you look at the Diablo 4 not being announced and you think, well, that's not the Blizzard I know. Um, especially in the <laughs> light of the... Diablo Immortal fiasco <laughs> announcement. Um, well, and there's the optics thing about it as well. Yes, which, which that is, like a, is a absolutely valid. an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because no, they're, they're having major issues. I mean, like you're you're quite right. Before it's uh, ready, or but I think even someone who knows nothing about marketing or communities or anything would know that it wouldn't have been hard just to put a Diablo Four logo over some fire with a really cool music sting and like a, a voice going, "Oh, there are demons here" or something like that, and, yeah, and, and have that think... at the end of the Diablo Immortal uh, like announcement just to kind of take the edge off a little bit and and leave everyone happy. It's it would have made the community a lot happier, which probably makes it valid. But at the same time, I'm not quite sure I want Blizzard to do what um, uh, um, uh, Bethesda has done with Elder Scrolls 6, which is show us a logo that means nothing for a game we know nothing about and we don't know, which will probably not be out for another three years. You know, I don't, I'm not sure that is, it's the good answer. It's the easy, you're, you were saying it wouldn't have been hard. You're right. It would have been very easy um, to do it and it was a short-term good thing. But long-term, the next three years, if it's not coming out for, for three years, would have been dominated by that question. Whereas Diablo yeah. 4, I mean, to be fair, it's still... You're absolutely right. So. And I, I think but, Blizzard clearly agreed with you. I wonder if they would agree with you now. That's the thing. I think I think looking at it now, it's like, eh, maybe we should... I think they there were <laughs> other ways to do things differently about Diablo Immortal. I think there were... It was definitely not done right. Uh, I, I am certain that there were voices in, inside the company saying don't do it like this please don't <laughs> ultimately it was a, 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 a you know a judgment call the wrong one i agree but again all of these communications and optics issues don't mean uh, conflating those with the way blizzard is being run on the game development side especially in the light of everything we've heard i mean go look at the uh jobs page on blizzard.com now there's like 150 job offers, and most of them are for devs. You know, they're... Anyway, okay. Oh, I totally they're agree. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and like, for the sake of argument, someone might say, well, those dev positions, they're probably all for mobile titles. Um, and that's fine, too, if it means all the devs working on my favorite titles aren't getting moved to mobile titles because mm. they don't need to because we're hiring people for mobile. I don't know. <laughs> and also, I don't know. I don't know what it's all for, and I don't understand it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a I mindset think, that you kind of choose. To I, I, I choose to believe that they're developing uh, PC games, and I think there is a lot of reason to believe that they are developing still yeah. a lot of PC games. If only the reason that they like money and PC games make a lot of money and there's no reason they can get they can't get money from mobile and PC. <laughs> so that's a good reason uh, uh, in and of itself. But let's say if we still don't have anything tangible in two years, then uh, I might be, even though, you know, I still don't know. Let's say next year they decide, you know what, this game is just, it's not good. We don't, we don't want to put this out and we still don't get Diablo 4. Is it a bad thing? 
Does it? I, I mean, mean that, yes, it's a bad thing because we want Diablo Four. Like, and I, I would count it as a bad thing overall because obviously I want a game. Um, exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I'd rather they had made it work and that it, they had created something beautiful that they did want to release. Obviously, it's bad that they hadn't managed to do that. But to say, oh, Blizzard have changed and that's the Activision like influence. No, surely like working on a game for four years and then scrapping it because it wasn't good enough. That's Ultimate Blizzard, isn't that like Pete <laughs> Blizzard right there? That's the that is the Blizzard I know. I don't like it. It annoys me. I'd rather they got it right and hadn't wasted all that money. But that's that's the that's the anti Activision part yeah, of Blizzard. Surely. I agree. I mean, let's all hope that we see uh, Diablo Four next year. That, that's uh, this year. Holy crap! It's this year. <laughs> all right, we'll see. So um, anyway, that was my take on it, and uh, you can go read the thread if you want. Um, another little bit of Blizzard news: uh, Soldier Seventy Six is gay. That is crazy. I rem- I'm mentioning it because I remember when they revealed that uh, the the other gay character in Overwatch, Tracer, was gay. They did it by showing a uh, comic uh, panel where she was kissing her girlfriend. And I remember well, in thinking... The, in the same comic, Patrick, Torbjorn was revealed to be straight. And that surprised me <laughs> even more, if I'm honest that with was, you. That was kind of a shocker, I, I That admit. was a massive reveal. And I don't feel like that got the internet attention that it deserved. <laughs> because his wife is about... Have you seen that frame? No, I, his wife I agree. Is smoking. His wife is about half his age, has borne him about a thousand children. I mean, to um, be fair, that was the big reveal for me in that comic strip. To be fair, I would be surprised if Torbjorn could get a, a smoking hot male uh, companion as well. So, oh, I don't know. A that, man that good with his hands and with turrets, I, I think. Well, that might be what makes it work for his wife as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, I remember thinking that uh, they probably wouldn't do that for a male character, revealing it to be gay and kissing another man uh, graphically. They didn't quite do that, but they revealed <laughs> that Soldier 76, super emblematic uh, character. It's probably the most visible one uh, uh, after Tracer uh, in the game is gay. And what surprised me was that it really wasn't a huge deal. And the what I've seen, maybe it's the circles I hang out in, um, it's certainly there are some people who were upset about this. And if you go to some places in the internet, you'll see negative comments. Um, but overall, what I've seen is more of a, oh, I don't care if a character is gay, which I think is the the ideal situation we would need to get to at some point in the future. We're not quite there yet. And the reason we're moving toward it, where it doesn't matter, is that developers like Blizzard are pushing this idea of normalizing the fact that, you know, gay people exist. They're everywhere. There's, I don't know how many, what percentage of the population. And so they're probably going to be in games as well. And the reason... I, 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 agree, with you that, I, I agree with you that we want to reach a point where uh, people care if a character is gay or not. But um, in, in the example you just gave there, I'm not sure, like, angrily, grumpily saying that you don't care if a character is gay or not. Like, oh, I don't care if they're gay. I'm not sure that's where we want to be. No, I agree. <laughs> and I think... that, that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. <laughs> but, but I think it's a step up from, mm-hmm. and, and again, we're not there yet, but I think it's a step up from what we've, we've seen before, which is, ah, you shouldn't put gay people in my video games. You know, this is like politics. And I think it's still like <laughs> grumbling. But we're it's it's working. We're getting to a place where people actually won't really like not don't won't care, but it will be just a, a natural piece of information. Like oh, they have uh, blonde hair. Okay, cool. And and it's funny because I, there there were a couple of commentary from people who were saying sort of uh, uh, giving. Uh, 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 more way to your argument saying oh but you know if i was gay i would be it's a token gesture and i would be offended if i was gay and i was like you know what i think if no, the, I the people who are actually <laughs> gay the people who are actually gay 
do care. And, and they kind of yeah. think it's cool. So anyway, I think it was nice that it was done in a very low key fashion as well. It was like in a short story that was quite kind of long. And, um, but, but I think it's a step towards normalizing this and it's good and it's because uh companies like blizzard are doing these kinds of things and uh it's it's great because unless you dislike gay people active anyway i'm not going to open that whole can no, of worms, and look, but look i i i'm 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 guilty of being one of those people that when i saw that I was happy um, because, uh, you know, I knew it'd uh, make a lot of people happy. It made me happy because, um, A, it makes everything much more interesting and diversity is interesting and um, and, and representation of, of me and my friends is interesting. But if I'm really honest, my glee came by Googling upset reactions to it. <laughs> um, and that's, that's where I got my entertainment from that news. Was because you know you can like you say it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean people actually are upset but it, it, you can find someone being upset about anything if oh you, you can find and many I knew people, that yes. I would particularly enjoy people being upset about this mm. so I I found that I hunted them down and I found them and I thoroughly enjoyed how upset they were about it. and it made me feel yeah. really superior and great and I liked it. <laughs> I have to admit that I did feel a little bit of a tingly feeling uh, at the idea that uh, I have been playing a gay character and enjoying it for a long time, but <laughs> I, you know, I don't care that much about it. But I think a few people are going to be, oh, what? Soldier, the character I've been playing for a long time is gay? Yeah, and be very I angry. found so lots I of those people, Patrick, and it was immensely satisfying. Yes, I thoroughly I, enjoyed reading I agree. I will still say, however, my, my reasonable brain, which I try to give a uh, 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 center focus all the time, is really we shouldn't be like we're engaging in the kind of adversarial uh, 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 online relationship that creates the toxicity with this absolutely so and, and but I think you know that when, you, when you're fighting for a cause which is so clearly wrong, kind of the, the high ground and enjoy that a bit more than you should and that's exactly what I'm doing mm. I and I admit to that, and I'm, I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed that I hunted those comments <laughs> down. But I would do it again right now. But, well, at least you're ashamed of it, so that's good. So, anyway, hopefully in uh, one day... You know, it, Gamergate was just four years ago, and now Blizzard puts a gay character center stage in their game, and it doesn't really make huge waves. That's Why well, you say progress. that? We've been talking about it for about four or five minutes now. Well, so, huge waves for us. I mean, but... surely it, it will really happen no, but... when we don't have these comments maybe um, maybe and, and and you know it's not even worth mentioning at all in the same way that you know torbjorn wasn't worth mentioning or it's not <laughs> worth mentioning that Widowmaker had a husband or anna had a husband and mm. um you know it's it's not normal for a lot of people and and that's quite clear and that's a shame but i think i think blizzard are doing a great job of of doing their part i agree certainly all right, a uh, few tidbits of information. Uh, PlayStation 4 has sold 91.6 million units. So uh, that's another big uh, chunk in 2018, less than 2017, which was probably peak year. But it's looking like the, the, the console is easily going to reach um, 100 million probably this year. So confirming, just confirming the huge success. Uh, Discord has raised more money, but the more important part is they now have 200 million users and that is four times what they had a year ago. Like fourfold increase in user numbers. That is crazy for any Wait, service. So the, so. the Blizzard in-game communities hasn't killed Discord? That blows my mind. <laughs> I, 
I thought that was it for the squad. Yeah, I, I thought they were so gone. I thought they were done. Oh, wow. Good, good on them. Plucky, plucky <laughs> underdogs that they are. You know, I think, I think it's good to have a, a basic version of a service everyone is using on your own service. It's like, like if, if phones didn't have a uh, calculator, you know, of course, <laughs> yeah. you're, although maybe those did kill the third party. I think they probably did. Yeah. yeah. And maybe yeah. watches as well. Um, but I, I, I take your point. Yeah. And, you blizzard him cutting off a bit oh was i i'm sorry am i am i back now i'll be more careful. yes yes um the blizzard in-game communities are great they work really well and um yeah but and no one's using them uses. <laughs> i um, use them oh okay so one person uses them are yeah. you not too lonely there okay uh, no i've got my whole guild it's oh, lovely wow. yeah and we and have secret channels for when we don't want to talk for, for <laughs> like, you know, are those channels on discord no. Yeah, and the healer channel where you bet on who's going to die. Um, it's fantastic. We need all that. NVIDIA has announced the RTX 2060 graphics card. So if you want to spend less on a uh, ray tracing card, you can. More importantly, they have the RTX 20 series for laptops. Um, and laptops are where the uh, GPU performance takes a hit usually. Hopefully, the well, actually, since the 1080, 1070, 1060 series, uh, that has been... Uh, Com compensated you basically get let's say 70 to 80 percent of the performance of a desktop version so that's really good and it's uh, possible for the 20 series uh now i would not advise buying a card yet because the big uh the big uh, uh uh new thing is ray tracing and we're not there yet in terms of ray tracing it needs to be implemented let's wait for the next series i'd say um hcc has uh, unveiled uh, the vive cosmos which is a, an interesting VR headset which can work either with your phone or with your PC. And it's a, a little bit simpler. It has uh, inside-out um, uh, vision, so you don't need to put the um, sensor towers in your room. So that's really cool. Uh, they don't have a date yet, though, or a price, I believe. So, But VR is still chugging along. Uh, Bungie said something really interesting. Not Bungie. Uh, who is it? Three Four Three Industries that does uh, Halo now. I'm I'm gonna get my geek card revoked. Yes, Three Four Three Industries. Uh, they've said something interesting about Halo, and they said they were going to get um, early access for the for the new Halo game, Halo Infinite, um, at some point, probably this year. No, did they say this year? Um, at some point. But the, the interesting part is that they're going to start with early access and grow it from here. So there's going to be early access and then, you know, a, a small beta, early access, etc., etc. And what usually happens, like you can't do this for uh, games. Well, you could, but usually you do this for games that are game as a service. And of course, the title Halo Infinite suggests that it would be a game as a service. Uh, but this kind of give, gives even more credence to that. So I'm I'm excited to see a Halo game that would be uh, again another Destiny like game. It's it's funny, you know. We talked about Destiny like oh, it's just this thing that is kind of faily back when it first released. There are so many Destiny like games now. They really yeah. hit on a formula that that really works. Those Bungie dudes, they know what they're doing, even when they stumble a lot. Like with Destiny. I, I want to see Halo take that even further. I want to start that game by punching down a tree and making a helmet out of it. That's that's how I want to start that game. <laughs> That would be awesome. And then when I've punched down a thousand trees, I can make a ship. Be brilliant. Ooh, no. That's how that's what I want Halo Infinite to be. That would be uh I want to be naked people on a beach 
like all their Halo. gear out, flapping all over the place. I want them to punch down a tree and make a helmet and a gun and then punch down more trees and make ships and then form like guilds and go around punching down trees on different planets and, and making bigger ships and taking over the entire universe. That's what I want Halo. If, if, if you can limit yourself to just one planet, add zombies and uh do a few other things you might already have the game you want but and it's it's got roguelike insta-death uh sorry permadeath uh, exactly. elements to it and the game ends when there's literally one person left <laughs> um okay microsoft is doing a bunch of things uh the more important one is that celeste is their game of uh, one of the games of that is available for free with uh january's game with gold games so go get it if you haven't already it is an awesome game and we've said that way too many times um katsuhiro harada is uh, basically in charge of esports at namco now bendai namco he's the one behind uh uh tekken 7 and uh if i'm not mistaken i think he also took reins on um on on uh soul caliber there you go so that's that's interesting that they're putting him in charge of esports uh street fighter 5 might not have a uh season pass for 2019 apparently it doesn't so there might be less characters so uh, this is the patrick's fighting game corners corner <laughs> of the show um which means they might be slowing things down at street fighter 5 which means we might get street fighter 6 at some point, and that makes me happy. Um, Star Citizen is uh, targeting 2020 for the single-player game. First time we've gotten a, a date for anything Star Citizen, so that's interesting as well. Dragon Quest XI is coming to the Switch in 2019, and there's hints that Persona 5, or maybe a new version of Persona 5, is going to be coming to the Switch as well. We'd be excited for that. Um, Dreams, the PlayStation 4 game where you can make games the creator thing with uh uh you know tons of creation tools uh has signups the beta is come for the beta uh, and is coming do i even want to talk about the mad box not really slightly mad is doing a console <laughs> that is ridiculous okay now, anything to add on any of those uh, no, I've been watching a lot of dreams uh, on streams recently. Oh, um, really? And, uh, yeah, it's actually really fun. So for those who don't know, dreams is uh, essentially in an art slash game mechanics building tool that you use on PlayStation 4 with the uh, move controllers. Um, and it seems like a weird, uh, very powerful tool that like you can literally make games and use it as a game creator or just do art um what's so cool about it um i i, I think that duality of of it being uh an, an artistic tool as well as a game making when you have something like little big planet or mario maker or stuff like that um the, the big question is always what possibilities do i have for creating games within this tool and, and, and how can i undermine those possibilities and, and surprise you with those possibilities as well and that still exists in dreams and people are creating some absolutely amazing things as you'd imagine already you know and and the highest rated last time i looked in on it the highest rated sort of little games and things on there have about 30 upvotes and things like that that's how small scale it all is mm. at the moment um but 
alongside that, you have people creating their own little museums, just of art that they've created using this tool. And it's, you know, they're literally just things on plinths that you walk around and they're really nicely lit. And it's, it's, it's kind of just like a, almost a social media element to it of just going into someone's little world and having a walk around. And, you know, I, I don't know how long I'll be interested in it, but I mean, I, or even if I'll take part in it myself, but I just walking around those things and seeing them on stream. And it's been, it's been a lovely little diversion on, on my second screen. <laughs> I'm, you know, you're making me interested in, in checking it out. It looks like, at the very least, it looks like something original and something that keeps it its promise because its promise is exactly that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm. I, no, yeah. go ahead. You were going to add I, I, well, I might. I, I, I can see a day when, you know, if I get ready, be a whole room full of Jaina Proudmores in various sort of states of relaxation and like here is jana proudmore <laughs> drinking some tea here is jana proudmore doing her taxes here's jana proudmore cutting down a tree um and just people can walk through that and enjoy all my jana proudmores and that will make me immensely proud i think that would be very enjoyable well until then uh maybe they need to go somewhere else to enjoy uh jana proudmore and i'm not talking about Belly Lars. uh um uh, the the, uh, the thumbnails photos, in general. The thumbnails. There <laughs> yeah. you go. I lost the word. Uh, thumbnails. Uh, where could they go if they want Warcraft and analysis and hilarious writing and comedy? Oh, well, I'll tell you where I would go, Patrick. Um, I'd mosey on down to uh, YouTube and I would type in Taliesin and Evertel do games. And I would enjoy all of the ridiculousness um, therein uh, of me and my wife making stupid YouTube videos and uh, bringing everyone up to date with the latest World of Warcraft news just a couple of days or weeks after it's happened um, and <laughs> generally having a gay old time. Be fantastic. You know, I would really recommend people who have a passing familiar familiarity with WoW, even if it's uh, uh, it has passed, to go and check it out because I... I joked about the the humor in it, but really that's what keeps me coming back. Because let's be honest, uh, the game itself I hadn't been playing a huge amount <laughs> recently, uh, but it's always the the intros, especially, are incredibly well written. Which, by the way, I learned is kind of your job to write stuff. So it shows you're very talented. Thank well, we did the channel those. full time now, so it, the the Taliesin and FTL stuff is literally my job. But yeah, there you I, go. I, 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 before that, I was a, a writer in various forms. So yeah. Mm. Um, well, yeah, so go check it out. I will have the link to the Twitter account uh, in the show notes, as I always do, so you can find the channel from there because your names are impossible to spell correctly if you only hear them. Although, I guess they are oh, pretty not much if you're familiar with Welsh Folk Hero and... Uh, oh, really? Mythic Tales. Yeah, Taliesin was a famous bard. He was born in a cauldron. It means shiny forehead or something. Um, and he, was, he, was one of, he was Wales's great magician. Um, sort of uh, just after after Merlin, he was a big old druid type guy. Very cool. What about Evertel? Uh, yeah. uh, it's a made up word, but I think there's a, <laughs> a hotel in Dubai. Evertel. <laughs> We've since discovered. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Both are equally uh, uh, valuable, in my opinion. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah, she'll thank you for that. Yeah, I think she she feels a bit bad about. It that my name has all this meaning and hers doesn't so <laughs> well, you know what your name is a, is an old reused rehashed uh uh common <laughs> thing and she's creating something new a new meaning out of uh, hers so absolutely it's also the name of the the frank lloyd wright house taliesin um the the uh the great um architect and he designed his perfect house and he called it taliesin and uh, then one of his servants murdered his entire family <laughs> yeah. 
So it's also the site of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, lots of meaning. Take it how you will. Take the name as you will. All right. So uh, as I said, the uh, link to the Twitter account will be in the show notes. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find this show at frenchspin.com. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, for example, you could be like uh, Ian from Queens who said, if I could rate this anything higher than five stars, I would. He says, Patrick, the host, that's me, uh, is everything you could ever want in a podcaster. Professional, oh entertaining, and knowledgeable. Oh, my God. Uh, not only is he extremely experienced and well-read, am I? Uh, but his taste in guests is also impeccable. I think you would agree, Nick. Um, Definitely. The, the way that he discusses industry news and gaming content is so pleasant to listen to. And I have never once finished an episode without wishing that it were longer. Maybe this one will be the exception. Uh, give this guy a listen. Thank you so much, Ian, for this lovely comment. If you want to help us essentially promote the show, you can go to your uh, podcast uh, catalog of choice and leave us a review or, uh, um, you know, if you stars or just talk to your friends about the show tell them you know what you like games you might like this podcast so check it out or even maybe you know take their phone and uh, subscribe them to the show sneakily <laughs> maybe you can do that uh either way we will be back in about uh two weeks we were a little bit late for this one um with tons of other news and i'm sure i'll be talking about i'm hoping i'll be talking about new super mario brothers you deluxe Probably not Ace Combat 7, though. Um, we'll have to wait for Taliesin to come back for that one. Thanks for listening, and we will be back very soon. Bye. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.